Hello, and welcome to the Home Birth Experience. I am Julia Meyer, your host, and I am joined here with my co-host, Christina Maddox. Hi, Christina. Hi, Julia. Hi, everybody. So today we are going to bring you an amazing birth story of two breech births. Bonnie is going to share with us her two stories. Her first was a surprise breech, and then her second was a known breech. And I'm so excited to have her here with us to share these incredible stories with you. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Doing good. (laughs) Awesome. So we are here to talk about your very interesting and somewhat unique birth story and your whole birth journey. So thank you so much for being on the show and sharing this with everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You're welcome. So where do we want to start? You want to start with your journey to becoming a mother and finding out you're pregnant and all of that fun stuff? Sure. So let's see. Where should we start? Um, well, I got married and um, in May of 2016. And um, shortly thereafter, in August, we found out... Um, we were expecting it was it was very we weren't trying specifically <laughs> so it was a bit of a surprise <laughs> but um we I can still remember it so I had missed my period and um so of course I'm like huh well, well let's see let's get a pregnancy test I've never done this before <laughs> mm-hmm. um and I was I was so nervous I was I was just like oh my goodness I can't I, I, I don't know what to think um uh and so I couldn't after I, you know, I feed in the cup, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't watch this when this, when you drip the, the sea and see if it uh, turns to positive or negative. So I left the room and went to the kitchen of our little apartment, and um, my husband, he was like, I'm sure it'll be fine. You're not pregnant. You're just overreacting. It's just, it's just, your period just a few days late. It's fine. So he, he drips and drips on the thing, and then um, the next thing I hear, he slowly walks out of the bathroom and he's like what did two red lines mean again <laughs> I just I just like ran over there to see the positive pregnancy test and I was just like covering my mouth and like speechless like oh my goodness we're just looking at each other like what we're pregnant <laughs> we just were like what wow. we, were, we were very surprised but we were very, very happy and we knew that you know every child is a blessing and that this is this little one was going to be a part of our lives and um, we were so excited to meet him or her. So that's how we, we found out. <laughs> that's so exciting. So then from that point, you know, you're kind of surprised and excited. And this is your first baby and you decide to have a home birth. How did you decide to do that? Yeah, so my mom had, um, let's see, I think most of us girls at home, she had six girls. And the oldest of six, and um, she, the first two uh, she had in birth centers, and then after that she went to home birth, and she always had a, just wonderful experiences and just loved it so much that she just totally inspired me to know that one day when I had babies, that's the way I was going to do it. I was going to be a home birther, and choose that way. It just seemed the natural way. It seems like that the way that. Women have literally been having their babies for thousands of years, you know, and um, so I knew once I saw that positive pregnancy test that home birth was the way I was going to go, <laughs> which to my husband was a little bit of a shock <laughs> at first. He wasn't 100% on board. <laughs> How did you get him to come around? Well, I just, you know, I showed him all the data, and I just, I told him how much this meant to me, and, you know, how how, how safe it really was, and so he, you know, he hemmed and hawed a little bit, but he wasn't going to be like, no, you're going to have a hospital birth, you know. Um, his mother had natural births, even though they were in the hospital, so it wasn't, like, way out, out of the ballpark for him, but it was a little bit uncomfortable for him at first, I thought. <laughs> Definitely. Men, I think, are uncomfortable in general just because it's not something they go through. So it's really unfamiliar for them. Yeah. Um, awesome. So it didn't take long for him to come around. And then 
you found a midwife and it happened to be a midwife that I was working with at the time. And so you met the two of us and what, when was that when you first met us? Um, oh, I don't know. I probably was around 18 weeks pregnant-ish, um, probably, I think. But I didn't, I, I was looking for a midwife. I didn't know where I could find one. I was from Florida and had just moved up to Ohio when we got married in May, and I had knew no one at all. And, um, so it was, it was, I actually found Marlene through Darcy, um, because Darcy went to my husband's church. So <laughs> we found her through uh, Darcy. And so uh, was when I met you guys, I was just like, yeah, y'all are going to be the ones that I just knew that you guys had the good the knowledge and uh, experience that that I wanted for my home birth. So, yeah. That's awesome. So we started with your routine prenatal care and... We always were able to hear the heartbeat with the fetoscope and you measured appropriately and all that kind of stuff. How was that experience for you having all your prenatal care at home? I loved it. Um, My mom never had it at home. All the midwives she ever had, like, had them either go to their house or, like, a center or something. So for um, a midwife to come to me, I was like, wow, this is really, really great. And it was just so relaxing and it was so comfortable and... Um, I loved having the prenatal care at home. It was just super special. Yeah, and it was so nice to sit and chat with you and, you know, build a relationship. Yes, that was such an important part. I feel like you really need to, you know, trust the people who are going to be attending your birth. So it really made a difference. Absolutely. So then you have your mom come visit did they rent a place I tell us how that happened I can't remember I know they came up from Florida but it was before yeah, you had the did. baby yes they they rented a apartment that was really close to ours in the same complex area so that they could be there uh, for the birth and everything and throughout the whole time of me growing and with the baby and everything yeah we always like every every appointment with y'all we would feel the baby. You guys couldn't feel it perfectly because I had, well, I was a fairly um, sporty person (laughs) and I had a pretty good solid pour and this baby was in and, you know, you guys would feel, but we could never feel the head perfectly down there. We figured probably it was and I was feeling hiccups down low and, you know, everything was saying that the baby was probably head down, you know, because, 99% 99% of babies are head down, so we, that's what we assumed. Um, just a few things looking back made me realize that, you know, I had signs that he was breech. Like, I would own, I would never feel kicking, like, where people would normally feel kicking, like, up in their belly. You know, my mom would talk about her babies would kick her ribs and push her ribs out. I'm like, I barely feel anything up there. <laughs> Sometimes I feel little brushes and little, like, trickles, but mostly I feel these really weird sensations like, really down low, like, I could feel something almost sometimes, like, kick my my rear end hole, my, like, mm-hmm. and, like, weird just things that no one had ever said that they felt with having a baby, just really, really low feelings. And so, you know, looking back, that was probably because his feet were way down there, but we didn't know it. And, you know, ignorance is bliss, and it worked. It was fine. And also, when I had Braxton Hicks contractions, um, a little, a little lump would just kind of rise up right under my rib, and I'd be like, "Oh look, it's the baby's bottom, right there!" Pat, 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 pat. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, look at that little bottom," <laughs> but it wasn't a bottom. <laughs> but I didn't know that. <laughs> None of us knew that because you didn't have an ultrasound, right? No, I had no ultrasounds. We decided not to find out the gender. We didn't do any like sonograms or anything. We didn't. We didn't even use the Doppler. We only used the fetoscope. So, you know, yeah, it was it was it was a surprise. Definitely a huge surprise at the end when we saw feet. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell us when you went into labor. All right. So, my mom and sisters had come. They had rented the place. 
And um, one morning I woke up and I noticed that I had lost my mucus plug. At least that's what I thought it was. And I, I told my wife and she's like, yep, that looks like it is. But mucus plugs, you know, sometimes that means labor is closed. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it means you don't have a baby for another week or two. And I was at 39 weeks, three days long. And so I didn't think much of it. wasn't really having, I didn't feel any, no contractions or anything. So my family and I, we went out that morning and we had fun shopping and walking around. Had a few more Brexit mix contractions than normal, but it wasn't like anything new. I was not expecting to have a baby anytime soon. I was not due yet. My mom almost always went over her due date. She always had long labors, nothing short nothing crazy, everything very normal. So that's what everything that I was had in my mind that I was expecting for, for me, you know. So after we get home from shopping, uh, we we all decide that we're tired and we just want to take a nap. So they go off back to the apartment and we're at our apartment and my husband was home. And so we lay down in bed um, and I just, I just start daydreaming about when I'm going to meet my baby and if it's going to be a boy or girl. And I'm just laying there with my eyes closed, relaxed, totally relaxed. And I just feel this euphoria almost just all over me and just like this oxytocin rush. It's so odd that I'd never experienced anything like that before. And just in the middle of that, all thinking about my baby, um, I feel this like bang, pow, like, almost like a kick, but it wasn't, it was, and it made a snapping, popping noise that was audible, and and it felt it in my belly, and my belly shook, and my husband rolled over and said, did, did, was that you popping your neck? I'm like, no, I think my water just broke. It was the most weird sensation, and nothing gushed out right away, but about 10 seconds after that happened, I felt my first real contraction. And uh, as I was going through, I just, like, stopped and paused, and I was like, oh, oh my goodness. I think that's what a real contractor feels like. And then my husband had said, hurry, get the pads, and he pulled them underneath me, and he called my mom, and he called the midwife, and my mom ran over. And, of course, uh, my midwife, she lived two hours away, which, you know, for a first baby shouldn't be a big problem because... You know, babies don't come in less than two hours. <laughs> right, especially right. For, especially first babies, right? Yeah. They take a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, after that, uh, my mom came over and said that I wanted to labor on the toilet because in my mind I could just relax everything and let anything and everything down and out because, you know, I wouldn't be worrying about making a mess. So. <laughs> right. So um, I walked over to the toilet, and at this point, contractions, I don't know, probably every four-ish minutes, and they were not too hard. They were hard as I had ever felt them because I'd never had them before, but they were, I could talk through, th- through them, and I could walk through them, and I was still smiling <laughs> at that time. <laughs> but after a few minutes on the toilet, um, I was starting to be like having to... No more talking during contractions. I was focusing, and I was like, "Oh my, hmm, you still feel very nice." <laughs> <laughs> That's what you thought. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> um, I decided I was. No, I don't like the toilet too much anymore. So let's try something else. So so um, got off onto the floor, and they tried to squeeze my hips through contractions because that had helped my mom when she was giving birth and that did not help me. I did not feel like that was giving me any pain relief. Then they tried pressing on my lower back and that actually helped a little bit. I also tried seeing if screaming would help me. No, that was the wrong. That was, no, <laughs> screaming was not for me. Screaming made the pain a hundred times worse. So I, I eventually settled into realizing that I need to pick a point on the room to focus on and that ended up being a fan I just looked at the fan and the lettering on the fan and focused on breathing and relaxing through the contractions and giving totally into them and just relaxing and breathing. And if I focused on relaxing and breathing, then it was bearable. 
Yeah, it's all that surrendering. We've talked about that yeah. on almost every episode. Mm-hmm. It's all about surrendering. It is. It's totally about surrendering. And once I did that and feel, found my groove and found out that if I relax things and open up, I can, I can make it through without going insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I had, I was on my knees leaning against my husband and he would stroke my back downwards while, and, and he would also, he was helping me breathe slowly. So he would breathe in and out and I would follow his breath so that I could concentrate on something because the pain of labor, it's not that you can call it waves or pain or the intensity of the contractions. It's mind numbing. It takes over everything mm-hmm. and just, it takes immense amount of focus to concentrate enough to just relax and it it's really it's really crazy wow so I got the call from Marlene to go ahead and come to you because I was in Cincinnati and you were Mm -hmm. in Dayton so I think I was about 45 minutes from you so I was closer than her so she wanted me to come and that was the place that I found you I found you in the living room with your husband and your sisters and your mom. And I remember everybody was fanning you and, (laughs) and your contractions when I got there were just one on top of the other. You were not getting a break in between at all. And I thought, wow, she's only been in labor for about an hour. Maybe, maybe it'd been like an hour and a half. I'm not sure. Maybe an hour and a half. And I thought, holy moly, this is this is unusual. This is an unusual labor pattern for this early. So um, I think I asked you to go to the bathroom. Was that right? Yes, yes. You asked me. So you came in, and I was just, like, out of it. I was just, like, you know, doing these contractions that felt like they wouldn't ever stop, and I never had a break, and it was just, like, contraction, contraction, contraction. Um, so yes, you, you came in and you're like, have you, have you tried going to the bathroom recently? You want to go try to go into it? I was like, okay. (laughs) And I think between contractions, I managed to wobble over to the toilet and I did, I pooped and then, uh, then I didn't stop pushing. (laughs) And I heard you and I remember thinking to myself, okay, hold on a minute. This is the first time mom, she hasn't been in labor long and I hear pushing sounds. So I came in the bathroom and I said, Bonnie, you know, I I don't normally check people, but I think it would be a good idea considering you haven't been in labor that long and I don't want you to push against the cervix that's not open. So would you mind if Mm -hmm. I check? And you were really agreeable to that. So we went to the bedroom and I'll let you tell this. (laughs) We can both tell, but... Yes, it was crazy. Yeah, you asked me to go to the um, to the bed to get checked, and I wasn't thrilled about. Obviously, that doesn't sound very nice to lay down, but I'm, you know, I was like, yeah, let's let's see what's happening down there. I I was had no idea if this was going to last. You know, I was in the mindset that this was going to last probably, you know, five more hours, you know, at minimum. I had no idea that a birth could be short. Like in my brain, that that was not going to happen. Like. I'm dealing with this and I'm going to be dealing with this for the next who knows how long in my mind. But yes, I remember you looking, you and your mom, my mom looking at each other thinking, those are pushing noises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we went to the bed, I laid down, and uh, I remember you guys down there, and I think you said at one point, I, I think I might see hair. And then you guys, you and my mom got very quiet and it started whispering. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I put my fingers in there and I go, "Mm, I feel digits and those are definitely too short to be fingers. So those are toes and those little toes are are gripping around my finger. Hmm, Okay. Oh, my. And I think it was with the next contraction that two tiny little feet just popped right out. Mm -hmm. Yep. They came out. So, yeah, continue on telling us. All right. Yeah, so was that, that contraction, my body pushed out the feet, and uh, you you guys were like, oh, we have feet. I'm like, what? <laughs> feet? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I In my wildest dreams, I would have never imagined the baby was breached. 
never. I mean, my no one in my family had history of breach, nothing. Um, so that was a shock. But I was in too much of labor mode, get the baby out, to really dwell on it or even be too worried about it at all. Uh, I remember you guys got uh, Marlene, the other midwife, on the phone, and um, she said, get, get off the bed, get back on hands and knees, and go back to the position that my body had liked to be in most of my labor, which was very interesting that my body had just kind of told me that that was the best position to birth this baby. And uh, as I got off the bed, I could feel his legs just flood out. And so I had these two little dangling legs between my legs. <laughs> and uh, so I sat down, like I crouched on the floor again, and uh, just started pushing with my body and just, just going with it. And um, his little butt came out, and then his belly came out, and you could see it, the umbilical cord still sticking up in there. Then I pushed out his chest, and then his shoulders, those, those, those felt quite big, and the ring of fire was getting stronger as he got bigger <laughs> then his little face came out and his head and I gave it all my I got with my last push I'm like here's his head I feel it I'm gonna just and I screamed him out as I was not loud my whole entire labor but at that point I was like pushing this boy out um and pop he fell out and uh, you pushed him underneath and he was perfect and I just picked him up and he started to cry and breathe right away and it was just it was amazing it really was miraculous is the best word to describe it that's the thought that I had it was it was miraculous because with a breach you know you think about the different complications that you can run into and Mm -hmm. so in my mind as you were pushing I'm watching you know okay does this baby have tone what's its color Is it rotating the right way? You know, I'm going through all the things in my head and I'm preparing, okay, I'm going to have to resuscitate this baby if it, you know, if it's tone changes and, you know, just going through all the things just to be prepared in my mind and all the meanwhile, trying to lift your rear end up because you kept kept trying to go to the ground and your sister and I were like pushing your bum back up in the air because there's nowhere for the baby to go. But yeah, he came out and, and you just did an amazing job following your body and letting, you know, just surrendering to it and listening and letting him come forth and helping him. And, and he did not need one single little bit of help at all. He was just, you know, screaming and, and there and happy to be with you guys. And then just seeing you and your husband, you know, your husband just broke down in tears, and yes, it was such was a miraculous. Oh, oh, it was so sweet, mm-hmm. so sweet. Yeah. yeah. His first baby, he just, he just, as soon as I lifted him up, he just like, he just, you know, started crying and just was so happy to see his little baby. And I, I was, I don't think I got cried right away. I'm not sure, but I was just like, oh, I'm so happy you're here. Just like, oh, it's all over, and I have my baby, and I'm so happy. And I had been so exhausted, tired those last probably 10 minutes. I felt like I could fall asleep if I had a second in between contractions, but I didn't. I felt like I could just fall over and instantly fall asleep. But as soon as that baby came, I had a second life of energy come over me. And he was here, and I could hold him and look at his precious little face. And uh, it was just amazing. I didn't even, you know... It, it was so fast that he came out from the moment we found out he was breached. We saw his toes, and like two minutes later, he was completely out. So there was no time to worry about, oh, my, oh, my, is something going to go horribly wrong here? Yeah, it was it was quite quite fantastic. And the, I remember the placenta actually fell out with him, like on his head. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> like he was wearing it as a hat. It literally yeah. just came with him. Wow, how easy. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was very, it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, so Bonnie, how was your postpartum? Postpartum with him um, was, I didn't have any after pains. It was great. Nursing was a little bit rocky at the beginning. I just had, you know, had like nothing for him to grab. <laughs> I just had soft little flat nipples and he was like, where do I get the milk? <laughs> My milk didn't come in for like three days either. So it was it was a little bit rough the first few days. 
um, we gave him a pacifier, and then that actually made things much worse because now he's like he can suck well on a pacifier, but when he looks at mommy, there's nothing that looks like a pacifier there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we got uh, we we had a Lalichi League lady come, and we we talked to her, and we got uh, good holds figured out. Like I think I did a football hold helped get him a deeper latch and figure out how to get on the little tiny nipples that I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had never done anything before like this, like there's a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, yeah, he, he did great. Um, his feet were quite bruised from, you know, having no bag, bag of water or anything protecting them as they, you know, dilated me and came to the birth canal first and everything. So um, he had bruised purple I don't know if they were swollen, but turned feet because he had he'd definitely been breaching there majority of the time. His little feet were molded, molded inward, and, and they 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 have grown totally normally and fine. But it was definitely he had you could tell how his little feet were sitting in my pelvis. <laughs> that's so, yeah, yeah, that's so amazing. Just you know not thinking that he's breached and then finding out he was and the whole thing was just so peaceful. It was quick, but it was so peaceful and there was never any reason for concern and everything just went beautifully for you. Yes. I was just so blessed that it was just so simple, you know, looking back all the little things that could have gone wrong that didn't, it was just like, it was definitely a, that was God protecting us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So how long did your mom and your sister stay with you to help you during your postpartum? They stayed for another month and it was just wonderful to have them there to, you know, make meals and just do everything that I could ever need them to do and take care of the baby if I needed to rest. And, you know, of course, newborns don't really sleep at the night. So they would, you know, take the baby if I needed to so I could rest. And it just made the postpartum experience just you know, a breeze. It just to have other people there supporting you. I wish that every single mother could um, have that. Support. Yeah, that was truly a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a blessing. So then, when did you get pregnant with your second baby? So let's see. I can't remember the month that I found it. I think it was. Well, okay. You were was there almost. Two years exactly apart. They're um, <laughs> they're twenty three months apart. You, she was born in March. He was born April. So the first sign that I was pregnant with my second was that I just suddenly was feeling very nauseous. And we were over actually at a friend's house watching their kid, and um, I just was like. I feel off. I feel like, why do I feel nauseous, like, constantly? Like, this won't go away, but I don't, I'm not sick in any way. And I hadn't even missed my period. I'm like, hmm, this feels kind of like morning sickness. (laughs) (laughs) And um, lo and behold, (laughs) took the pregnancy test, and I was like, that's positive. And that time, it, was, it just didn't feel like a half as much of, much of a shock. We were planning on uh, getting pregnant soon, so it was, like, no big deal. And um, we uh, so uh, we were very excited to find out we were expecting our second one. I think little Patrick was about 18 months old, I guess. Yeah, he was about, he was 17 months old. Yep. Thanks. Don't you know I don't know <laughs> the date exactly. Uh, somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, we were very happy that we were going to have another baby. And this time, um, I, I had asked, I, you were just about to leave to go to Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. You were just about to leave to go to Columbus. Um, Cleveland. When I got yeah. Second. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because you, you are also a photographer, and I'd asked you to do some photography pictures for me for my website. And I think that was when you told me that you were pregnant and asked if I could be your midwife. And I, I got so sad because I thought, oh, no, I'm leaving. I don't want to yes. leave you. Yes, that's right. That yeah. is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that well. So then yes, I referred you to Melinda, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. And I contacted her, and 
got to interview her and she was just so kind and sweet just like you and I'm like yay <laughs> because I couldn't have my, um, Marlene the first midwife because of how fast my labor was she wasn't actually didn't even actually get there so the whole entire like my whole labor you know and delivery with with my first was an hour and 50 minutes that was it from the time my water broke to the time he was born it was only an hour and 50 minutes she was two hours away, so she walked in like 10 minutes after he was born. So I knew with my second, I had to have somebody who was closer. Um, so it was great to find uh, Melinda. She wasn't, she was about 30 minutes away from me. So, um, yep, I started having her come and do my prenatal care. It was wonderful. That that pregnancy was, I, I had in my mind that, you know, it's possible that this one will breach because of the first one was breached, and they say, you know, that if you have one breach, it's much more likely that you'll have a second one. Still, I was hopeful that I'd get a head down baby because you always want, a, you know, the ideal positioning. But, you know, it was what it was. <laughs> How did you uh, find out that your second baby was breach? Well, let's see. We we did decide to to have um, ultrasound to find out if, with, whether this baby was a boy or girl. And so we went there. And, um, she, we, we, daddy had called the whole time that he was like, I just know this one's a girl. I'm like, no, I think it's another boy. <laughs> so, um, we got, got the ultrasound and it was a girl and he was, he was right. He was like, ha ha, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, at that, at that appointment, she was breached in the breach position, but it was only at 20 weeks. So. We're like, well, you know, she has lots of time to move from being breech. Um, but as the weeks went on, I felt the same feelings that I did with him. I felt the same wiggle, the same weird sensations way down low, the same when my Braxton Hicks contractions came, the same uh, lump that would come up. I'm like, mm, this baby's breech. This baby, she's not moving. <laughs> Around 30-ish weeks, I think I started doing the spinning babies exercises that they, you know, say to do to try to get your breech baby to turn. And I would do the leaning forward inversions and then the ones on the on the ironing board, leaning leaning back. And I tried putting ice on the baby's head up low. I tried playing music down low. Um, I tried everything in the book to get the baby to turn. <laughs> So how did you feel about having a breech baby? Because, you know, you're trying to turn it head down. So did you have a little bit of fear or what were your feelings about knowing this time that you had a breech baby? Oh, yes. It definitely, you know, even though I had perfectly, you know, had the first one without any problems, just the fact that I knew that this one was breached just, you know, played played on my mind. It gave me a little bit more anxiety. You know, you know, they say ignorance is bliss, and it definitely is, because you have that, the weight of knowing, you know, that breech babies do have more complications. What ifs, all the what ifs went to your mind. And uh, so even I, I had peace, and I, I knew that even if this baby never turned, that I still wanted to have a home birth, and I, want, I knew that if something started going wrong, that the hospital is there to, you know, be the emergency backup but I still knew that home was going to be my first choice even if this baby didn't turn with everything that I was doing yeah so you went forward without hesitation yep that's so brave I love it it's Mm -hmm. amazing so you want to share that birth with us sure I will so my family came up again um to support me during this birth um, they, this time they drove their RV up and rented a, rented the RV spot. Um, uh, let's see, the, the day that my labor kind of started, I guess, uh, I was 37 weeks, three days, and I had decided I really needed to go shopping and get some stuff for the house. And I knew this baby shouldn't be coming for a while because I was only 37 weeks, barely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I went out um, to Walmart and got some supplies with my mom that morning. And, you know, I through this, through this whole labor, I had had a lot more Braxton Hicks contractions than 
with my first. They were so, they were almost constant. I mean, I could just get up and do dishes and there would be like a lot of them. And I would, you know, ask my midwife, is this all right? You know, are we doing all right? And she'd be like, yes, as long as it doesn't turn into labor, they don't get crampy or painful. Some people have more, some people have less. You know, um, I found relief by getting down on my hands and knees and leaning forward. That was the only way that I could get them to stop sometimes. Um, that bothered me throughout probably from like 15 weeks on and they got more and more as I got bigger, which also concerned me because I did not want to have a preterm baby at all. I was like, if this baby is a breach, she better not be preterm because a preterm breach means more trouble usually. Um, so that concerned me also because if she was before 37 weeks, they would probably, I would probably have to be transferred to a hospital because she was little and preterm. So then they would see that she's preach, and then it'd be an automatic C-section. So, you know, I was concerned about that. <laughs> I also developed this weird itching in my arms and, like, lower legs, but not in the palms of my hands or the bottoms of my feet. I looked all, uh, looked, learned all about colitis and, you know, liver problems in pregnancy. Um, I didn't have any uh, elevated bilirubin levels or anything like that. All my... M- Tests came back totally normal, so um, I just continued on and um, did my best to treat my liver, uh, get some good, you know, healthy foods that were specifically supportive of the liver in me. And so, yeah, uh, that night after we went um, shopping, I started feeling a little bit crampier contractions, just a little bit, like, just different, just crampy-ish. And they wouldn't really go away when I would lean forward and do what normally would make them go away. And I felt this very odd sensation kind of in my cervix, kind of a pinching sensation once in a while, which is very odd. I'd never felt that before. But my mom kind of noticed that I was acting a little off. And she was like, are you doing okay? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. I'm not going to have a baby. I'm fine. I was very determined not to have a baby for at least another week. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> so they're like, I think we're going to go and you guys should go to bed. So they left and we headed to bed around nine-ish, I think. Um, and I fell asleep fine, you know, relaxed. And, and suddenly around, uh, I think, midnight, was my first, I woke up to a contraction, a contraction that was definitely a real contraction. I'm like, hmm, that felt like a contraction. Mm. It's probably nothing. And I went back to bed. I was in extreme denial the whole labor. (laughs) I was like, this is, this is too early to be having a baby. I'm only 37, you know, some days along. I can't, I can't be having a baby now. Um, but so a couple hours, about an hour later, I woke up with another contraction, that was, you know, very mild, went back to sleep. Next hour, I woke up with a, you know, about 30 minutes later, woke up with another one, then 10 minutes later, woke up with another one, and then they came down to five minutes. And at 3 a.m., I was, there was no more lying in bed. They were getting to the point where it was like, okay, I think this is uh, something actually, you know, doing something. <laughs> so I, I rolled over to my husband and I said, uh, I'm having painful contractions that are coming every five minutes. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he just started, um, he was like, he's like, okay, I'm going to get the bed ready. So he gets the, you know, sheets all ready for um, the birth. And I just head out and I, I, I sit in the bathroom and I'm, I'm just, you know, like they were going to about probably over five-ish minutes and they were nothing compared to what I had experienced the first time around having my water break and, you know, just, like, all that. So it was just the slow coming on of labor was totally different uh, than, at least it was slow for me, uh, than having my water break and instantly having heart contractions. Around four-ish, I called my mom. I'm like, I think I might be having some contractions. You probably should come over, but, you know, bring your sleeping stuff because it probably will stop. <laughs> And so they came over, and by the time they came over, they my contractions were at about two-ish minutes apart, and they were at 30 seconds long, So, it, and they were, you know, medium painful, I don't know, not as bad as they, they get, but, you know, enough that you have to focus some and not really talking through them. 
and I, I had let my midwife know what was going on, but I'm like, you don't, you're probably fine. This baby's probably not going to come for like hours. So, you know, don't, don't need to rush over here or anything. <laughs> and things just kept progressing along. And I was in my same, same uh, position that I was with my first. I was on the floor leaning on my husband and just focusing on breathing and relaxing. I would just imagine the energy flowing down through my body and out and with the contractions I could almost feel like kind of an opening almost and kind of a crampiness when I really thought about relaxing like my lower abdominals and stuff like that that when I would really focus and relax that area with my contractions it felt it felt kind of like a little bit more painful but almost not like the pain that radiated throughout my body was now focused down into where it needed to go Mm. it was very interesting that continued and at about 5 a.m things were getting much more intense and my I was still I was still thinking this is probably going to take hours, and my mom's like, you need to tell the midwife to come now. <laughs> That's all I keep thinking as you're telling the story is like, seriously? She's not on her way yet? Yeah, Why didn't no, you tell her to come? I know. <laughs> I'm crazy when I'm, I'm delivering. I like think that I'm not. I really am convinced mentally that I'm not having a baby soon, especially this time. I don't know why, but I really wasn't. Like, I'm glad that with my first birth that my husband got on the phone and said, that, you know, come now, because if I was on the phone, I would have been like, don't worry about coming, I'm sure this baby's going to take forever to come, but he, like, he called the midwife the first time when my water broke, and he was like, yeah, she's in, she's in lots of pain, she's, yeah, she's, she's having a hard time talking, and, which was not true, I, I really wasn't, the first, the first few seconds, I, first few minutes, I wasn't, I was like, oh, you're over-exaggerating, but if, if she, if she hadn't started getting on the road and coming this direction, then you probably wouldn't have even made it. No. <laughs> um, so uh, at 5 a.m., I, I texted me, I said, I guess you should come. Everybody's saying that you should come. So you should probably come. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she started getting on her way. Um, a little after 5, I started to feel, like, hot and, like, I was going to throw up. And I did. I threw up. So that was transition. <laughs> and oh. um, at, let's see, wow. about... Yeah, five five thirty ish. My the midwife walked through the door as my body began to bear down and start those pushing feelings again. Um, as she walked through the door, so she's like, "Well, <laughs> you got baby coming already." <laughs> so yeah, the I started pushing, and my water started broken. Yet, so the water just started bulging, and as as the water started bulging, you could see the little feet and the little toes inside just kicking around and wiggling. <laughs> and it was a really kind of a weird sensation to push out the, the amniotic sac. It just, it felt hard and it felt like kind of rubbery. It didn't feel like my first had felt kind of vernix covered baby. It felt just, I don't know, it was solid feeling. So mm-hmm. I pushed that out until... Her feet and her butt popped the sack, and she came down. And like my first, I was sitting way too close to the floor. So when she came out, she just sat on the floor with her little bum. <laughs> everything else still up inside me. So they started lifting me up, and as soon as they lifted me up, she just came plop all the way out. There was no pushing her chest out, no pushing her head out. She was out. Wow. Um, and instantly opened up her eyes and looked around and um she was perfect color she was just you know started breathing right away and um she was just so tiny she was just the tiniest thing <laughs> compared to my first I, when I held her I just was like oh my goodness you're so tiny <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she wasn't unhealthy though and she wasn't um underweight she was Seven pounds, seven and a half pounds. No, sorry, not seven and a half pounds. Seven and a half pounds my first. She was six and a half pounds. So for being, you know, over two weeks early, it wasn't too bad. Um, and 18 and a half inches and um, just happy and tiny and perfect and in every way. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> wow. So did her placenta come as fast as the first one? Um, not quite as fast 
it was probably more of an, I don't know, average normal. It was, um, like, maybe five minutes after she was born. It just came out by itself without problems. So, so that was nice. Nice. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, there she was. Tiny little girl. Wow. What a beautiful story. Yeah. <laughs> How about your postpartum with this one? So she nursed right away perfectly. She was like, oh, good. Look, nipples. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my first baby had, had fixed that problem. So, And my milk was already in. So we had no problems there. She instantly loved that. In fact, she never, ever took a passy. She hated them. And she would not drink from a bottle ever. So <laughs> she, she knew what the real deal was. And she was not tricked by anything else. Um, postpartum with her was much different than postpartum with my first. Probably maybe an hour or two after giving birth, I started to feel the after pains. And they weren't, you know, they weren't comfortable, but they weren't horrible. Well, as the day progressed, because this was early morning that I had the baby, um, they started to get just bad, like middle labor contractions. I'm like, what in the world? This is awful. It's just like, continually being in labor and they just were really bad um they kept coming probably sometimes every 10 minutes sometimes every 30 minutes sometimes once an hour but especially when I nursed they would just be like constant and like just out of this world way too painful to just be like after pains they felt like full-on labor contractions um wow yeah they and they continued uh, through the night, and I had, could barely sleep. So then the next morning, they continued and continued. In, in about the middle of the day, they started to slow down a little bit, and they started to feel just, like, bearable, not just crazy. And I went to the bathroom, and I saw something odd poking out, kind of. And mm. I pulled it out, and it was about... Um, a finger length long and about the same width and size of a finger. And it was not a blood clot. It looked nothing like a blood clot. It was solid material. Um, but the placenta was totally intact. They went over it perfectly. You know, it was beautiful. There was no tears, no rips, no chunks were missing. So it couldn't have been part of the original placenta. So we showed it to my midwife and everything. She's like, oh, that's very odd. I wonder if it was just some sort of an extra growth in there. Um, that has somehow grown in there um, along my years well. So so that was, after that came out, no more extreme pain. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah, your body was trying to get that mm-hmm. foreign object out. I wonder if it was part of the amniotic sac. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It didn't look like a sac. It could have been. I don't, I really don't know. It was, it was very fleshy and um, red, but definitely not blood clot. So hmm. I don't know. So it interesting, was, but your body did what it needed to do to resolve it that problem. Did. It did. It got it out. It was very painful, but it did get it out. Yeah. So did your family stay with you for a period of time during this postpartum as well? They did, yes. So my, half of my family had to go home after two weeks-ish, but then my sister stayed for another month. So I had tons of help. Tons and tons and tons of help. Just it's just a huge blessing, especially then. Now I had a toddler mm-hmm. and a newborn, so you know somebody's got to. At that point, it's extra. It's extra work for having a toddler and a newborn. Mm-hmm. So it was a total total blessing. My family is such a blessing. Yeah, that's incredible. What a what a beautiful thing. And I just remember when I arrived at your house with your first birth, just seeing all the love, you know, your family Mm -hmm. just tending to you so sweetly, making sure that you had everything that you needed and all the comfort possible. And it was just such a beautiful thing. Yes. I'm definitely blessed. I get treated like a princess after I have my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Bonnie, those are such beautiful stories. Is there anything that you would like to share with the audience? Any wisdom about pregnancy or birth or postpartum or anything? Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, just, you know, trust your body that, you know, it knows how to get the baby out. Even if you, you know, even if the baby, sometimes, even if the baby is breech, your body can still get it out most of the time without any problems. And um, to just to have peace. 
and, you know, have, have the knowledge, you know, learn, but also just kind of trust. Just trust that the process will, you know, if your baby, if your baby comes early or if it comes late, your baby will come. And um, that, you know, to just trust the process, I guess. Well said. I agree. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Christina, do you have anything to add? Um, Bonnie, I loved hearing you talk about how you coped with the contractions, how you felt like you felt the energy moving down. Do you want to talk more about that for any of the the listeners who maybe haven't gone through that yet and, you know, just help them through that? Yeah. So, yeah, so during the contractions, um, I realized that when they came that I could – the energy – needed to go somewhere and when I focused it down and out I just it it made everything make sense almost it just kind of flowed with the energy that was in my body just thinking about it physically going down and coming out going down and just breathing and imagining my breath flowing down my body and just relaxing uh, as much as as possible and trying to, you know, make the low noises that you're always told to make and to um, just open and just really surrender to the, what your body's doing. It's, it's taking over and you're just a passenger on this ride. You just got to, you got to do your, your passenger duty of, of your breathing and your relaxing and your body will, if you don't fight it, then everything moves along way better and way less painful than as I found out when I was trying to figure out things, when I started tightening up and screaming and trying to, you know, fight the pain, that was the wrong way to go. <laughs> yeah. So well said. Absolutely. Definitely. As soon as you figure it out and you surrender, it's mm-hmm. so much better. Mm-hmm. Way better. Yeah. I feel like we should change the name of the podcast to the home birth surrender because so many women talk about how they need to just surrender in the moment. Every single time Mm -hmm. we've had a podcast. Yeah, it's been brought up and it's so interesting. I like the visual that you give about breathing it down and out and just picturing that energy going down and out and opening Yeah, because it's so difficult sometimes to explain to a woman how to surrender, especially when they're in the, the throes of labor you know, and they're, they're getting tense and it's so hard. You know, my heart just aches and they're like, I don't know how to surrender. I don't know how to relax. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for your wisdom and your beautiful stories. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciated you coming on the show and, and sharing your beautiful, intimate stories with us. It's such a blessing. No, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy to be able to share them and I hope to. Um, inspire other mamas that maybe are worried about their babies being breached and um, just to, you know, to know that everything's going to be all right in the end. Yep, absolutely. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much again, and we will talk to you soon, and we hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. You guys too. Bye, Bonnie. Bye. That's all for this week, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify and let us know what you think. We really appreciate your support. Tune in next week for another episode of the Home Birth Experience. Until then, stay healthy, y'all.